KMTT, Kimitzion Teitzei Torah. You're listening to the Erev Shabbat program, Erev Shabbat Kodesh, Parashat Yitro, Yutet Shvat, and the Erev Shabbat program is Leiluni Shmat Shlomo Yosef Ben Chaim Shmuel. If I haven't mentioned it the last week or two, it slipped my mind. My apologies. Um, and my apologies to the listeners who... Um, may have been looking for the Erev Shabbat program of Parashat B'Shalach that appeared only a couple of days ago, I was told. Um, it was recorded on time and there was a human error and apologies all around if this inconvenienced you in any way. Uh, if not, then you can listen to two Erev Shabbat programs on two different topics and hopefully enjoy. <coughs> I want to discuss... Parashat, in Parashat Yitro, the interaction between common sense and Tzivuy Eloki, the divine command. And we could formulate this in several ways. Common sense and halachic balances and checks. And this is a tension which is, in fact, alluded to in the Parsha. And this allusion, just on a level of simple background, could have several variations, but we'll try to limit it and focus on the question and try to come up with some sort of answer. There exists a disagreement or different opinions as to whether the whole interaction between Moshe and and um, Yitro, with regard to the Minui of Shoftim, was pre-Ma'amad Harsinai, as it appears to be when we read the Torah in the order, or was it post-Harsinai, as is Rashi's opinion. Rashi on Pasuk Yud Gimel, at the beginning of the Parsha, Pasuk Yud Gimel, Vahim Ochorat, the next day, Rashi says, the next day after Matan Torah, after Yom Kippur, when Moshe came down after the three times that he was up on Har Sinai, and after the second set of Luchot were given, which were not told about until much later on in Sefer Shemot and Parshat Kitisa, the next day after that, Moshe is sitting to judge the people, because if there is no Torah, there is not what to be judging the people for. As we said earlier, the the simple reading of the Torah is that the next day after Yitro arrived, they, they took a day off from their regular routine to welcome Yitro and to give him the proper respect. And the next day after Yitro arrived, before Matan Torah, because Matan Torah is only in the next chapter, uh, Moshe is sitting to judge the people and Yitro makes a suggestion. What laws was Moshe judging on? So here Chazal do have an answer because Chazal already say in Parashat B'Shalach, Sham Samlo Choku Mishpat V'Sham Nisau, God gave them in Marah, the first place that they camped after the splitting of the sea, God gave them some laws there. Sham Samlo Choku Mishpat, and Chazal say that they were given Paraduma and Shabbat and Dinim, and various laws that apply to the interaction between people. 
And that could be what Moshe was judging them with regard to that. Whether that's the case, or just Moshe was just using some sort of basic common sense system that he was using, or whether it was actually he was judging them on the Torah, because this event took place after Matan Torah, after the giving of the Torah, Yitro comes along and makes this suggestion. You can't sit and judge the people by yourself. This is crazy. Well, you, you're, you're not going to last. The, the people are not going to last. What you need to do is you need to appoint judges and different levels of judges, local courts, regional courts, superior courts, and finally you being the highest authority. And this was a great idea, and Moshe listens, and he, and he does it. And he appoints judges to, to lighten the load, to make the legal system useful, because it's not useful that Moshe should be judging the whole day, but more importantly, it's not useful that the people should be have no idea when they're going to get, be able to get to see Moshe to be judged. Imagine a court system serving a million and a half to two million people with one judge. Not a good idea, <clears throat> to say the least. And that's what Moshe does. I'm not sure if the what I'm going to suggest depends on whether this story takes place before or after Matan Torah. Because even if it was before Matan Torah, it is possible that Moshe was judging the people by Torah-ordained laws. And even if not, I'm still not sure. Being that Moshe was in contact with God before Matan Torah as well. But all the more so if it was after Matan Torah. And there's already a system in place. God has given us the laws comes in Yitro and boldly says to Moshe, you're doing it all wrong. This is crazy. Now what is Yitro doing? Moshe just got the Torah and Moshe is implementing the Torah and the Torah didn't give Moshe any avenue to have any other judging system. He is the legal authority and he needs to act it out. He needs to judge it. But Yitro makes a suggestion that is makes sense. We don't know that there's a prohibition for Moshe to appoint any other judges. There is no direct command that only you, Moshe, are allowed to judge the Torah that I'm giving to B'nai Israel to the children of Israel. So why not? Here we have some sort of interaction then between what the Torah says, or in this case, what the Torah doesn't address, and common sense. So, Yitro makes a suggestion that makes sense. The Torah has no apparent attitude towards it, doesn't prohibit it, doesn't mandate something else, there's a void. And in comes Yitro and says, let's use some common sense here. It doesn't make sense that you should be judging everything. It doesn't make sense as far as what you have to accomplish as a leader. It doesn't make sense as far as how these people are going to function when there's only one judge to judge this whole system. And there's no reason why there shouldn't be other people who are perfectly capable of doing this job. And if there's something that's really difficult and really needs your involvement, so so that's when you'll get involved. Makes sense. 
And so I could come along and say, okay, here we are using common sense. If we have something that makes sense, and uh, then we should use our common sense and and and, in, and put it into halacha wherever we see fit. So let's do make an example of that. It makes sense to me. Common sense tells me that if a Jew lives an hour and a half walk from shul, from the synagogue. He's not going to walk to the synagogue, and if I prohibit him in all expressive ways possible from driving, he won't go to shul, and he'll assimilate. So therefore, it's permitted to drive on Shabbat to go to shul. Common sense. Is that the lesson that we are to derive from Parsha Yitro? Well, the answer is something that I already alluded to in my earlier remarks when I said, well, Yitro stuck his common sense in a place where there was a void. There was no prohibition to appointing judges. Later on in the Torah, we're going to see there is a mitzvah to appoint judges. Shoftim v'shotrim titan l'cha and sefer dvarim. You shall appoint judges and officers in, in your cities, in your regions. And there was no mandate, a positive mandate, that only Moshe should judge the laws. There, wasn't, there was no such mandate. And therefore, in this void, where there was no prohibition, there was no mandate to the opposite, Yitro uses common sense. So here we could use guideline number one, that we can use our common sense, but our first limitation is, if there is an exp- explicit prohibition or positive commandment in opposing our common sense, then we have no mo- room to, to, to move. We have to perhaps reevaluate our common sense. Perhaps we have to uh, admit that this law is something that is not coming from a place of common sense. Maybe what we would call a chok, a law like Paraduma, the classic law, the red heifer. It's not about common sense. Whatever we would have to do, we couldn't accept our common sense in a place where there is a clear prohibition or a clear mandate, a clear positive commandment. To the contrary. Yitro adds in one more statement as well. This is interesting. Yitro says, If you do this, And God commands this. In other words, it appears, and I have to admit that I haven't raked out all the commentaries on this statement, sentence, because it's not an easy sentence. And anybody who wants to take this up as a small investigation on Shabbat, it's a worthwhile endeavor. But it appears that Yitro is saying, after all my suggestion, I, 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 um, I suggest that you check it out with God and see if it's okay. Now, the, f- the next pasuk says that Moshe listened to his father-in-law and he did what he's told him. Now, what, and what is what he told him? And it says Moshe chose judges and he established this system. Now, it's possible to say that he did everything that he told him means that he also consulted with God. And then we can say, well... We can write out the whole co- the whole common sense thing. Yeah, Yitro suggested something based on common sense, but
But he himself said that you have to check it out with God, and God mandated it. So perhaps there's no room for common sense at the end of the day, because it was all mandated by God in any case. That being the case, I still don't think that that's true. I think that common sense here played an enormous factor. Common sense initiated this whole move. So even in the event that Moshe, that Moshe consulted with God, and God approved it explicitly, and that's, this is all hidden or in between the lines here, God didn't command this of Moshe beforehand. He left room for common sense to initiate something. Now, of course, when we talk about applying this idea today, we have no way of checking back with God in explicit terms. What it means is that we, when we want to imp- initiate a common sense idea, we're checking back with halacha. Here we reach a complicated place, because I think we feel very comfortable when it comes to Torah-mandated laws, clear laws, that we're not putting common sense in the forefront because we have clear mandates of the Torah laws. I think where we get into more difficult places is when we get to rabbinic laws, because then we say, oh, this rabbinic law seems a bit outdated, and it's not Torah-mandated, it's rabbinic-mandated. And why can't we use our common sense and say, well, this doesn't make sense anymore. Maybe once upon a time it made sense. Today, I don't know if it makes sense. It's not an easy issue. But I would suggest that we are still limited by the same limitations that are introduced in the parasha. It is possible that in a future time when Sanhedrin reconvenes that many dinim de Rabbanan will need to be reevaluated, and checks and balances will need to be made as to whether they should still be applied and whether they're applicable or not. It's my belief that that's the case. Whether that's a relevant belief or not, I'm not willing to change anything that was rabbinically ordained. However, there are places where I would suggest that there are a bit more gray areas. I'm going to give two examples of areas where I don't know if common sense, let's put it this way, maybe common sense doesn't seem to interfere with the spirit of the law, but something in the letter of the law interferes with that common sense on a rabbinically ordained matter. And the suggested solution that I believe is a, is a good solution the one example is my machronim, the water that we wash our hands with after, before Birkat Amazon, after eating. And the other is the prohibition of clapping on Shabbat. In both instances, the in one case a positive action is necessary, washing hands before Birkat Amazon. Another instant, a prohibition of clapping hands on Shabbat. And I have to admit, I do not wash my hands consistently before Birkat HaMazon. I might sometimes wash the dishes and therefore wash my hands before Birkat HaMazon. Um, I may have gone to the bathroom before Birkat HaMazon, but I do not consistently wash my hands before Birkat HaMazon, and I clap my hands on Shabbat. What is the basis of this? 
so the first basis then is common sense. Well, if the reason for washing our hands before Birkat Amazon was because they used to clean their hands with some sort of very harsh caustic, melach stomit, salt, that they were, we were afraid that you might rub it in your eyes and burn yourself, so you needed to wash your hands. Well, we don't do that anymore. And if clapping was prohibited, shemait kan klei shira, he might make himself, get a little bit carried away, and after clapping, he might make himself a musical instrument on Shabbat. We don't do that so much anymore. Making our own instruments by accident after clapping. But is that it? Am I allowed to, because my common sense allows me, permits me to do something against a rabbinic law or a rabbinic prohibition, I'm allowed to do what I want. I think there's one more element here which is crucial. In both cases, if I'm not mistaken, the Balea Tosfot are of the opinion, and they mention these opinions, that we don't need to do my machronim, and we're allowed to, and we're permitted to clap on Shabbat. In both cases, the Balea Tosfot are a minority opinion, and they are also mentioned as minority opinions within the Shulchan Aruch. And here I allow myself some leeway. And people will judge this if this seems appropriate or not. We have a rabbinic law or prohibition which seems outdated. I'm not willing, although probably there are people out there, to just go off on a limb and say, my common sense says this rabbinic prohibition is out, it's out. I think that's a bit of a Pandora's box. Because there's a lot of rabbinic prohibitions I might think are not so timely anymore, but I'm not willing to get rid of them because they're part of the system. I like to always bring the example of the Lahavdil, the U.S. Um, <coughs> Charter of Rights, which allows someone to carry arms. And anybody who is a historian will tell you that this was a right given to people in order that they should fight, be able to establish militias in order to fight the British, and it's outdated. But everybody also knows that we can't take it out of the Charter of Rights without the proper procedure of eight, uh, two-thirds of the Congress, or whatever it is. Pardon me, I'm a Canadian, if I don't know all the rules properly. And nobody dis- disputes this, that it could be a bad law, it could be an outdated law, but there's only one way of ch- ch- changing things, and that's through the proper procedures in the Congress. And I believe that too, that when there's a rabbinic law, a rabbinic decree, that there is a process that could perhaps undo it, and that perhaps is a Sanhedrin in the future. And until that happens, we have to keep this rabbinic law. But here we see that within halacha itself, in these two examples that I brought, already the halachic authorities gave us an out. I'm not making up an out on the basis of my own common sense, but the halachic authorities are the halachic authorities who formulate the halacha for us in general, and tell us what applies, what doesn't apply. There are lots of things in the Gemara that are not brought down in the Rishonim, because the, the Rishonim have the halachic authority, as far as we're concerned, as to what went, in, went into the Rambam, into Shulchan Aruch. Some examples about covering vegetables at night, covering water at night. Some of them made into halacha books, some of them didn't. The, the Rishonim have a halachic authority here. So when I have Balea Tosot, who come along and say, these rabbinic decrees or prohibitions, we don't have to do them. And the, the Shulchan Aruch, he doesn't agree to the Balei but he puts them in. 
And then I say, my common sense says, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't seem to be relevant today. I'm comfortable saying there is room for common sense. In halacha, we interact with halacha. We don't go against halacha. V'tzivcha Elohim. We check out, does this work out within our halachic system? And in that sense, we need common sense. And a word about common sense. We need common sense. We should be careful about whose common sense it is we're listening to, because not everybody's common sense is so common. And I realize that this is a very problematic statement because everybody's got different opinions of what's but common and what sense. And nonetheless, we need common sense, and we need to revert to common sense, and we need to see how common sense can impact halacha in positive ways without unraveling the halachic system, and at the same time, taking common sense into account as well, which we need dearly in our halachic lives, our daily lives, in our political lives, and in running our country as well. And on that note, Shabbat Shalom.